0: Good morning. Um, I just want to say again, I don't mean to embarrass Chase, but don't you just love him? Yeah. You know, we are so blessed. We are really blessed to have Chase and Daisy on our team. They are they are on the front lines. You know, they minister to the youth and to the kids, and, I mean, we're just really blessed. So I just want to really encourage you all to just be praying for them. They... Uh, They're a gift to our family. So I just wanted to say that. So Chase didn't pay me or anything. So so this morning, we are continuing our series on the Sermon on the Mount. And you know, we're not skipping over any parts, right? Obviously, some of the parts have been a little rough, right? Jesus, he he did not mince words. He just kind of told it like it is. And so this morning, we're going to be continuing through the Sermon on the Mount, but I want to ask you a question. If I told you that I have a secret to deliverance and freedom and prosperity and healing and right relationships and protection and clarity, what would you say? Sign me up. Sign me up, right? Yes. Until I tell you what it is. The rewards of fasting. I said it. The rewards of fasting. Woo-hoo. Yeah. Oh, I got a woohoo. Yes. First service, I didn't even get a single amen. <laughs> By the end of today, my hope is that I will absolutely. convince you that it is a blessing to fast, that it is amazing, that fasting is awesome. Now while the arms cross. I just want to say, I was going to entitle this, this ain't y'all mama's fast, but I decided not to. So anything you think you know about fasting, we're going to change today. We're going to go into God's word. We're going to dive deep into God's word and what Jesus had to say about it and what the Bible says about it. And all of those things I listed earlier, they are all promises that are attached, excuse me, specifically to the fast, the biblical fast. Um, I do love this topic, believe it or not. I really love this, and not because I love fasting so much, because, like, who really loves fasting? But I have seen God do amazing, amazing things, and I'm going to share some testimonies and share some stories of some of the things that I've seen God do through fasting and prayer. Um, You know, food is a, a really big deal to our culture, right? I mean... We have the Food Network. You know, we take pictures of our food and post it on Instagram, right? We talk about food all the time. There are blogs, tons of blogs about food. As a matter of fact, one of our very own, Daniel Kligman, won Chopped Junior, which is a show about cooking. It's a contest. And he actually donated almost all of his money to the work that we're doing in the Philippines. So, yeah. Isn't that awesome? Excuse me. If you think about it, remember the the very first sin. What did that involve? Food. Okay? Think about when Jesus was tempted in the desert by Satan. What did that involve? Turn these stones into bread. Come on, Jesus, you can do this. You have the power to do this. It all involved food. And Jesus, it says... I I always think this is a little funny because it says that Jesus... <clears throat> he he fasted for 40 days and afterwards he was famished. <laughs> yeah, like I, I skip a meal and I'm, I'm famished, right? We really are so used to everything revolving around food, right? Banquets and potlucks and let's go out to dinner and let's have lunch and let's, let's get breakfast. And, you know, it's we think about food. We spend so much time thinking about food and food is an essential. Clearly, the essentials are food air, water, sleep, all those things. We need all those things. But there's a special significance when it talks about fasting. It talks about not eating, because that's what fasting is, not eating. I'd like to tell you the original language says something else, but it says to abstain from eating. That's what it means. And so I want you to all relax because I am not going to call a churchwide fast right now. I'm not going to say, I declare a fast because that would be really not very wise. And you'll hear about that a little later as I explain more about the fast. I'm also going to open it up for any questions at the end. If anybody has any questions, just dot, jot those down and, and I'll try to cover them concerning this topic. Okay. So Matthew six sixteen. This is Jesus talking when you fast, when you fast, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you caught it, right? If you fast, no, wait, when you fast, it's implied when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do for they try to look miserable. This is how some of y'all look when you fast. (laughs) disheveled so okay they look miserable and disheveled and dead so people will admire them for their fasting Jesus says I tell you the truth that is the only reward they will ever get but when you fast comb your hair and wash your face then no one will notice that you are fasting except your father who knows what you do in private. And your father, remember last week we talked about our loving daddy, Abba, perfect dad, not like your earthly dad, perfect, awesome, loving, accepting, kind, generous. That dad, your father in heaven says he sees everything. And what will he do? What will he do? He will reward you. Jesus even uses our own our selfish nature to to encourage us to fast. He's saying, I promise if you do this, I will reward you. I will reward. You. Sign me up. I want to be rewarded from the God who created the heavens and the earth. Don't you? Oh man. It's so awesome. So what is fasting? Remember again, Matthew says, when you fast, it's nestia, nestia, the fast, the day of atonement. It's still celebrated in the Jewish calendar. They talk, they talk about, it's called the Yom Kippur and it's a fast. It's really actually the most sacred day in the Jewish calendar. It's a, it's a time of repentance. I had a Jewish friend named Joan and uh, she was, you know, the two types of people eat to live, And lived to eat. Her husband, he lived to eat. I mean, he ate to live. She lived to eat. And she was talking about that. And she goes, Yeah, his favorite holiday is Yom Kippur because it's a fast. (laughs) I just thought that was funny. So Jesus fasted. Jesus fasted. God Himself, God who became human, fasted. So if it's good enough for Jesus and He's saying to us, When you fast, I think there's something to be looked into here. It says in Luke 4, um, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. You know, sometimes we are led by the Spirit of God into the wilderness. You know, if you go through those seasons in your walk with the Lord where it's just dry, you feel like you can't hear His voice, you read the Word, you don't get anything out of it, just continue with Him Sometimes we go through that wilderness, right? And it says in Deuteronomy, it says, God God brought them into the desert to humble them and to test them, to see what was in their hearts, to see if they would obey the Lord their God. And here it says that the Holy Spirit led Jesus even into the wilderness, where for 40 days he endured temptations from the devil. He ate nothing during those days. And when they were completed, he was famished. The devil said to him, if you are the son of God, command this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered, it is written, man does not live by bread alone. There are so many benefits, health benefits, as well as spiritual benefits from fasting. You know, there's, there's a lot of fasts out there. Not all of them are the true fast that it talks about here in the Bible. But even people in, in the world know that Fasting is good for your health. There's a lot of things that, that fasting can do. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, you know, there are three things that happen when we eat. We have intake, right? We eat, take the food in, and then we have assimilation, which includes the secretions and the, you know, breaking down of the, the molecules and then the nutrients being released into our system, and then we have elimination or excretion. So when you fast, physically what happens is you you stop the intake and thereby stopping the assimilation and all you do is eliminate. Sorry to get graphic here, but this is what happens physically. Okay, there's a spiritual parallel here with fasting. This is a way we can be cleansed physically as well as spiritually when we fast. We're cleansed spiritually, and your body releases all kinds of toxins and all kinds of things that don't need to be there. And, and in the Bible, spirit, the spiritual fasting is always attached to prayer. There's not just fasting for the sake of fasting. It's fasting combined with praying. You cannot win a spiritual battle through natural means. So if all you're doing is fasting, which means just basically stopping stopping the intake of food. If that's all you're doing and you're not actually praying in combination with that, that's called a diet. (laughs) So that's different. Okay. So I'm going to talk about what biblical fasting is and what biblical fasting isn't. First of all, fasting is a proactive, typically not a reactive thing. So in other words, as we set our hearts and our minds to determine that we are going to honor the principle of the fast We are strengthening ourselves in the spirit to face whatever it is that that we encounter. And I think it's a great idea before you do any major thing to consider fasting. We're going to get into the how-to and what kind of fast and all of that later. But for now, just the principle of the fast. Think about it. Before you take a job, fast. Before you move Fast and pray. How about before you marry someone? I mean, that's kind of a big deal. Don't you think it'd be a good idea to fast and pray and invite the Holy Spirit to speak to you and through through the fast that you would have that clarity? So fasting is proactive. It is a preparation for battle. Oftentimes in the Old Testament they would fast before they went into battle, which doesn't that seem counterintuitive? because it seems like it would just weaken them, but they fasted in preparation for the battle. Fasting is an act of worship. It's saying, Lord, I want to deny my flesh so that I can be filled with more of your spirit. Less of me and more of you. It's an act of worship. It's saying, God, I'm serious about this. I believe you. I trust you. Fasting is powerful, which I'll share with you later. Amazing things, amazing blessings and benefits come through fasting. Fasting is for breakthrough. Fasting can be for healing, physical, emotional, spiritual healing. Fasting is for focus, for being able to hear God more clearly. Fasting is for for clarity and for deliverance. And again, should always be combined with prayer. Prayer and fasting. So, what biblical fasting is not. Biblical fasting is not a diet. Okay. So if you just stop eating, that's called a diet. It's not, you know, sometimes people will try to combine the diet. They're really just doing it to lose weight, but they're saying that it's a fast, but we're going to talk about what is a real biblical God-pleasing fast look like. Um, fasting is not for manipulating the Lord or twisting his arm. It's not for proving anything to God. It isn't for showing others how spiritual we are. As Jesus mentioned earlier, he's like, don't, you know, don't let anybody even know that you're fasting. When he says, comb your hair, wash your face. And, you know, basically what he's saying is, you know, don't, don't look like those zombies, you know, don't, don't wear your sweats to work or, At least wear your good sweats, you know, or just shower and, and don't, don't look like you're fasting, you know, don't sit there and go, oh, what? I'm sorry. I can't focus. I'm fasting (laughs) and it's only noon, right? (laughs) Okay. So that, so fasting isn't done to impress anybody. It's not done for a show. Fasting is not for changing God's will. God's will is God's will. And we're going to talk a little bit later. Fasting doesn't change God, but it does change us. Fasting, believe it this or not, is not only for super spiritual people. Fasting is for everyone who names the name of Jesus Christ. When you fast, here's how you do it. Jesus is saying, when you, you, point to your neighbor and say, this is mean, this talks about you right here. You guys aren't doing that. Say that. (laughs) You don't want to, because then you'll be accountable, right? (laughs) Okay. Fasting is not easy. All right. Just keeping it real. It is not easy. Fasting is not necessarily fun. Although sometimes when you go on an extended fast, you get like faster's high and you think, I could literally fast for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> That's because of the lack of food. You're not thinking clearly. It is not also impossible. It is not impossible. I know there are those of you, you may have spir- uh, uh, physical issues, diabetes, for example, and, and and you'd need to ask your doctor about fasting. There are, are options. There are different things you can do besides just a complete fast, But the promises of the fast are so significant, both for our health and spiritually speaking. But the problem is most of us, we are not willing to sacrifice. We are not willing to pay the price to get all of the blessings and the fullness and the benefits that God has for us. It's true. I mean, I'll admit it. Before I go into a fast, it's kind of scary. I mean, I'm really apprehensive before I do. And then once I do it, I'm like, why don't I do this all the time? Because it's so intense and so powerful. And James one twenty two says, don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. The NIV puts it this way. Do not merely listen to the word. And so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. It's saying that if you hear the word of God and you refuse to obey it, you are deceiving yourself. Ouch. I know this is a challenging message. But the benefits of this, as we'll see later, are so well worth it. So well worth skipping a meal once a week. Or going for 24 hours without eating or for three days, or seven days, or 10 days, or doing a 21-day Daniel fast, or even a 40-day fast like Jesus. That's pretty rare. But it says, if you listen to the word and you don't obey it, it's like glancing at your face in the mirror. You see yourself and you walk away and you forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard... What will happen? What will happen? God will bless you for doing it. So don't forget, when you walk out those doors, or those doors, don't forget this. Actually, I'm going to pray right now. Lord, I just ask God that everyone listening to this would be convinced by your Holy Spirit, Lord, of the rewards and the blessings that you have available for each one of us through your principles and your ways. God, all of your ways are right. All of your ways are just. All of your ways are loving and faithful for those who keep the demands of your covenant. And that's what we want to do, Lord, in Jesus' name. Abraham Lincoln, the 16th president of the United States, led the nation in four national fasts One of the fasts, August 12th, 1861, he said, therefore I, Abraham Lincoln, president of the United States, do appoint the last Thursday in September next as a day of humiliation, prayer, and fasting for all the people of the nation. And I do earnestly recommend to all the people, especially to all ministers and teachers of religion of all denominations and to all heads of families to observe and keep that day according to their several creeds and modes of worship in all humility and with all religious solemnity to the end that the united prayer of the nation may ascend to the throne of grace and bring down plentiful blessings on our country. Wow. I mean, now we have the National Day of Prayer. Can you imagine the National Day of Prayer and fasting? People will be like, I'm not doing that. Right? We have the National Day of Prayer. But what if we called our nation to a fast so that the nation may ascend to the throne of grace and bring down plentiful blessings on our country? Imagine that, the possibilities. You know, shortly after this happened, Russia sold Alaska to the United States for two cents an acre. Can you even believe that? That was the beginning. I mean, God began to bless. That was, you know, that was the beginning of the end of slavery in our nation. And it was the start of prosperity and blessings in our nation because the nation came together and fasted and prayed and humbled themselves. Like it says in 2 Chronicles seven fourteen. Now, there is a wrong way to fast. You know, every principle in the Bible um, can be done in a right way or in a wrong way, right? Even like Jesus says, you know, when you pray, don't do it like this, do it like this. Or when you give, don't do it like that, do it like this. If you fast, don't do it like that, do it like this. And this is what, what he says in Isaiah 58. It says, we have fasted before you. Why aren't you impressed? We have been very hard on ourselves and you don't even notice it. I'll tell you why, I responded. This is the Lord speaking. It's because you're fasting to please yourselves. Even while you fast, you keep opposing your workers. What good is fasting when you keep on fighting and quarreling? This kind of fasting will never get you anywhere with me. You humble yourselves by going through the motions of penance, bowing your heads like reeds bending in the wind. You dress in burlap, cover yourselves with ashes. Is this what you call fasting? Do you really think this will please the Lord? So, while you're, what this is saying essentially is that you're not eating, but you're not allowing yourself to be transformed by the Holy Spirit. You're still gossiping. You're still fighting. You're still quarreling. You're still acting like a jerk. But you think that somehow because you're not eating, God is going to say, wow, I'm impressed. Right? Fasting is not for a show. It's not to be done without prayer. It's not to be done and continuing to engage in worldly behavior. I mean, if you're not going to eat, it's probably a good idea to really allow the Holy Spirit to come in and really speak to you and really work in you. And I'm not going to get legalistic, but I think, you know, sometimes it's really good to couple a, a food fast with a media fast from obviously movies that you we probably shouldn't be watching anyway, you know, because... When you fast, your spirit is ultra sensitive. And if you're taking in worldly garbage, you're going to taint what the Lord wants to do through the fast, the benefits and the blessings of that fast. Fasting is also, again, not just to lose weight. As a matter of fact, sometimes if people fast the wrong way, they end up gaining more weight back because your metabolism, physically, it just does slow down. And so then when people, like, for example, you know, Ramadan is a month-long fast. They fast until four o'clock every day, but then they gorge themselves at night. So the opposite of fasting is what? Feasting. Feasting. And feasting is okay on occasion, but we're not supposed to feast every single meal. But we're Americans. (laughs) Okay, the right way to fast. Isaiah 58. So... No, this is the kind of fasting I want. Free those who are wrongly imprisoned. Lighten the burdens of those who work for you. Let the oppressed go free. Remove the chains that bind people. Share your food with the hungry. Give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them. And do not hide from the relatives who need your help. This is the kind of fasting God wants. These are, what it's basically saying is behave in a manner that honors God. Do the things that God is calling you to do. Do the things that please him. The rewards of fasting. This is my favorite part. Come on. Can I get an amen? Amen. All right. Come on, Jimmy. Okay. Rewards of fasting, Matthew 6, 18. Then no one will notice that you're fasting except your father who sees what you do in private and your father who sees everything will reward you. It's like, yes, I can't wait. Isaiah 58 promises to break every yoke. Generational sins, habitual sins, bondages, besetting sins, all of these things. But when you fast... There is going to be a warring between the flesh and the spirit. That is just part of the deal. So beware. Just because you get some kind of a spiritual opposition, don't believe that it's not the Lord still calling you to fast. Matthew 17, what was happening um, in the context here. So the disciples went out and they tried casting demons out in the name of Jesus and they wouldn't come out and they were really confused by this because they're like, wait, we thought we were supposed to be able to cast demons out. So they run back to Jesus and they're like, I don't understand. Why can't we cast these demons out? And Jesus said, this kind of demon won't leave except by prayer and fasting. You know, some of the fasts, the different fasts involve spiritual warfare. They are warfare fasts. And you are fighting not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and rulers of the darkness and the powers of wickedness in heavenly places. Isn't that a cool picture? I love that. How many of you watched the fight last night? Money Weather versus McGregor? Anybody? Come on, I know some of you did. it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Okay, I won't even talk about the outcome. But anyway, um, we can fast for besetting sins. Do you guys know what besetting sins are? Besetting sins are also sometimes referred to as bondage. The difference between besetting sins or bondage and just regular sin is that besetting sins are sins that we absolutely, it seems like we are completely incapacitated against them. These are addictions, and these are recurrent sins and habitual sins, whereas just sin-sin is kind of like you know what you're doing, and you choose to do it. For example, I know that I shouldn't nag my husband, but he is just not catching on. (laughs) Okay, or I know that I should be considerate to my wife, but she's on my nerves, (laughs) Or I know that I shouldn't gossip at work, but it's just so interesting to find out what's happening with everyone. Or, you know, you see, these sins are not like, I mean, they might be besetting sins, but I I think besetting sins are more like addictions to either substance or sexually different kind of things like that. Or things that you just cannot seem to get set free from But the blessing and the reward of fasting is that you can be delivered from these things. It's a promise. Eric, my husband, he grew up in a, and he looked at a lot of porn growing up. And it was just something that just had a stronghold. You know, the Bible talks about strongholds. It literally means like something spiritually is holding you by your ankle. It's a stronghold. You can't, you can't move. You can't get away from it. And for him, it was like a stronghold. He just could not seem to get set free. But he determined that he was going to fast and pray for three days. And God set him free. There is hope. If you're addicted to porn, there is hope. Thank you, Lord. I had another friend. We've, several of us fasted and prayed for three days, and he was delivered from homosexuality, set free. I was delivered from jealousy. I mean, it wasn't just like, oh, I'm kind of jealous. It was like consuming jealousy. Another friend of mine, she was raised polygamist. She wasn't quite sure God was listening to her. She wasn't quite sure that God was real. And she decided, she she, she kept sensing for a long time that God was calling her to fast for seven days and she journaled everything that she experienced through that fast and it is powerful in how the Holy Spirit spoke to her so specifically and so clearly and she said that it was during that fast that she knew she knew that she knew that she knew that Jesus was real isn't that so awesome so Isaiah 58 8 It says, then your salvation will come like the dawn. It's basically saying, if you fast in the correct way, honoring to the Lord, not continuing to be worldly and fighting and quarreling and all those things. It says, then your salvation will come like the dawn. Your wounds will heal quickly. Your godliness will lead you forward. The glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. Then when you call, the Lord will answer. Yes, I am here. He will quickly reply. Remove the heavy yoke of oppression. Stop pointing the finger and spreading vicious rumors feed the hungry, help those in trouble. Then your light will shine out from the darkness and the darkness around you will be as bright as noon. Doesn't that sound like the, woo! Doesn't that sound like the solar eclipse? Like when it was, I have some friends in Salem, Oregon and, and they sent me a video of, it was, it was a complete blackout. It was pitch dark. And they said the temperature dropped several degrees. And it's saying that here, The darkness around us will be as bright as noon. When that, when the moon moved, it was like the sun came back out. And that's what it's like when we fast. The darkness around us will become as bright as noon. And the Lord will guide you continually, giving you water when you're dry, restoring your strength. You'll be like a well-watered garden, an ever-flowing spring. Some of you will rebuild the deserted ruins of your cities. Then, you will be known as a rebuilder of walls and a restorer of homes. Keep the Sabbath day holy. Don't pursue your own interests on that day, but enjoy the Sabbath and speak of it with delight as the Lord's holy day. Honor the Sabbath in everything you do. And on that day, don't follow your own desires or talk idly. Then the Lord will be your delight. I will give you great honor and satisfy you with the inheritance I promised to your ancestor, Jacob. I, the Lord, have spoken. Woo! That's a a hefty list. Yeah, come on. Let's applaud the Lord. Love it. Okay, it says, it says, the inheritance promised to our ancestor, Jacob. It says, Jacob, or God appeared to Jacob in a vision. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Remember Jacob was referred to as the deceiver. But yet God's grace poured out on him. And God promised that he would be with him. He would make his family into a great nation. And that he would bring him out of slavery and out of bondage and out of Egypt. So here are the promises. Let's reiterate, okay? Okay breaking the yoke of oppression, freeing those who are wrongly imprisoned. Salvation or deliverance will come like the dawn. You see it just gradually. You realize, I'm delivered. I am set free. It says, healing your wounds will heal quickly. Spiritual, emotional, and physical your wounds will be healed quickly. Guidance, your godliness will lead you forward. Protection, the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. This also means God will protect you even from things that have happened to you in the past, the things that you've walked away from. God will protect you and set you free from those things. You will have clarity. It says, when you call, the Lord will answer and the darkness around you will be as bright as noon. You will have increased influence. Your light will shine out from the darkness. You'll have revel- revelation. revelation. God promises to guide us continually, to be showing us and speaking to us the path we're supposed to walk. We will have protection. The glory of the Lord will protect us from behind, again, healing us and delivering us from our past, from things that we did, things we regret, things that were done to us. God will heal us and deliver us. These are all promises that happen as we fast and pray we will have clarity i already said that yeah increased influence revelation and fulfilling giving us water when we're dry god will not only fulfill us but he will strengthen us and restore our strength and satisfy us we will be satisfied as we allow our flesh and our impulses to die and to be filled with his spirit as we as we say no to the most obvious of our appetites besides sex. Food is like the most obvious appetite, isn't it? Yeah. And as we say no to that, God promises all these things. He promises that He will, he will bring restoration. He will rebuild the Deserted ruins of our cities. It says we'll be like a well watered garden and like an ever flowing spring. So, not only will we be satisfied, we will be able to refresh others. And it says that right relationships will be given. It says you will be known as a rebuilder of walls and a restorer of homes. It says that the presence of God will be so much more intense to us. It says the Lord will be your delight. It says he'll give us honor. says, I will give you great honor. Because remember, the Bible says with humility comes honor. It says, we will possess the promises. He will satisfy us with the inheritance, with his inheritance. So here are some examples of fasting. In Ezra, they were going on a trip and they prayed for a safe journey and for protection and for wisdom and guidance Samuel when the ark of the covenant had been stolen he called a national revival a national fast Elijah fasted in 1st Kings 19 and it's interesting because what happened with Elijah he had just seen miraculous things happen he had just seen these amazing things and all of a sudden then he got super depressed and he was even to the point where he was suicidal he even wanted God to just to end his life. He was that depressed, and then he fasted. It said he ate one meal, and it sustained him for 40 days. That must have been quite a meal. But it sustained him for 40 days. And he didn't even drink water, and he was in the desert. So I don't recommend that, because you can't really go more than three days. But this was a supernatural fast. Um, uh. Let's see. Jezebel, even evil, evil Jezebel understood the power of the fast. She fasted for Naboth's vineyard. She was an evil woman, so don't imitate her. Paul and Barnabas, they appointed elders in the church in Acts 14. It says, with prayer and fasting, they turned the elders over to the care of the Lord. With prayer and fasting. See, this is this is throughout the entire Bible, Old Testament and New Testament. Moses fasted. Esther fasted for the deliverance of Israel. Paul the Apostle fasted. If it's good enough for those guys, it's good enough for me. Amen? Once again, fasting doesn't change God. God is perfect. Fasting changes us. In 2 Samuel 12, you remember the guy named David, the man after God's own heart, the worshiper, David, that guy? Also David the adulterer, David the murderer, that guy? Well, he had a child that died. Prior to the child, when the child was sick, David fasted and prayed and cried out to the Lord to save that child. But the baby ended up dying anyway, or the child ended up dying anyway. And his his friends came to him and they're like, or his servants, they're like, I, I don't understand. You fasted when when the baby was still alive, but now that the baby's dead, You don't fast anymore because there was there was a time of mourning, a fast for mourning, and David just said, I fasted and I wept while the child was alive. For I said, Perhaps the Lord will be gracious to me and let the child live. But why should I fast when he is dead? Can I bring him back again? I will go to him one day, but he cannot return to me. It says that after this child died, he got up and he washed his face and he worshiped. He worshiped the Lord. How many of us could go through that experience and determine, I'm going to trust the Lord. I didn't give my way, but I am going to worship him anyway. You know, we talk a lot about comfort food. You know, talk about comfort food, chicken and dumplings. and What are some of your comfort foods? What kind of comfort foods do you like? grilled cheese. Oh yeah. What else? Chocolate. What else? Mac and cheese. What else? Waffles. What else? Ice cream. Oh, cinnamon bun ice cream. What else? Cinnabons. Okay. You notice popcorn. Nobody said bacon. Interesting. But you think about it because physically, again, there's a spiritual parallel. So almost every one of the foods that we love to eat when we're depressed is like super high in carbs and everything's converted into sugar, which gives us that little rush, serotonin rush, right? So physically, we get like a little comfort. But this is what the Lord says. In Jeremiah 31, he says, I will turn their mourning into joy and I will comfort them and give them joy for their sorrow. And in Jeremiah 15, he says, When I discovered your words, this is Jeremiah speaking, When I discovered your words, I devoured them. They are my joy and my heart's delight. Next time when you're depressed, or angry, or upset, or frustrated, or bored, or lonely, or whatever, don't turn to food for your comfort. Devour his words instead. Deny your flesh so that your spirit can be strengthened. So now we're going to get into kind of the nuts and bolts, how to fast. So there are different kinds of fast. as I mentioned. There's a fasting for Repentance. That's, again, if you have a besetting sin or a bondage or even a generational sin that you cannot seem to kick, fasting is one of the ways that you can be delivered. Fasting, are you desperate enough to get set free? Are you desperate enough to pay the price to skip a meal or skip food for a day or three days? There's fasting for mourning. If you've lost someone or or you're going through a hard situation or you need to mourn something from your past, there's a certain fasting. And God promises to comfort us in the midst of that. There's a severe fast, which I don't necessarily recommend unless you are absolutely convinced God is calling you to this. But it is no food nor water. That's a tough one here in Utah because it's so dry. Be really careful about this one. There's an intercessory fast. This is the kind of fast where... Someone who is away from the Lord or has never come to know the Lord and you cry out and you humble yourself and you get on your face before God and cry out for their soul. And it's worth it. Isn't it worth it? Giving up food to see someone won for the sake of the kingdom. You know, the Bible says he who wins souls is wise. I'll tell you, I did a lot of drugs in my day and there is no high like leading someone to Jesus. Nothing like it. There is nothing like that. I promise you. I remember the first time that I prayed out loud with someone. I was like, wow, that was the best thing ever. I'd never done it before. It was so powerful. I mean, other than, you know, doing like a rote thing. But there is nothing, nothing, nothing like seeing someone set free. And not that we, again, this is not about works. This is not, this is about connecting and going deeper with the Lord, being more intimate with the Lord and receiving the rewards that he's already promised to receive us. Because it says in the Bible, he longs to give good gifts to his children. He wants to bless us. He wants to give us good gifts. He is a generous God. Okay, so then there's also an interesting fast having nothing whatsoever to do with, well, it does have to do with food, but it's a a marital fast where you abstain from relations, marital relations, as agreed to by both members of the party, not just one person going, I'm mad at you, let's go on a fast. It's not that. This is you agree and you come together and you pray. And it also says, warning, don't do this for too long because you're weak and you're going to stumble. Okay? But that is a, that's another different kind of fast. But again, this, you have to both agree to this, that this can't be like, uh, no, I'm going to withhold from you. That, it can't be that. That's actually... That's another whole sermon. But anyway, let's move on. Jewish fast is usually from dawn to sunset. There's a Wesley or a Methodist fast, which usually began uh, sundown on Thursday night and then went to sundown. If, if I could just suggest this, um, this is probably one of the easiest 24-hour fasts to do. So say, for example, you eat lunch on a Sunday, you skip dinner, skip breakfast, and eat lunch again on Monday. That's kind of the, the easiest way to start to, to work into a fast. And I'm going to talk about preparation. But also, there are juice fasts. You can go on a, a certain juice fast. Not, this is not, you know, talking about pureeing steak and calling that juice. This is talking about, like, fruit juices and carrot juice or whatever. There's a regular fast, which is just simply giving up food. You continue to drink water, and then, as I said, the severe fast or the complete fast where you don't even drink water. Be really careful about that one. There are one-day fasts, three-day fasts, seven-day fasts, 10-day fasts, 21-day fasts. Typically, the Daniel fast, which is um, when Daniel and his friends said they weren't going to eat the king's delicacies, so they ate just simple foods. They ate mostly just vegetables. And the Daniel fast now is slightly modified from that, but that's a really common one. But it's all, it's basically whole foods. It's basically whole 30, except it's whole 21. So that's like a Daniel fast. Um, There also, as I mentioned earlier, some people do a media fast. We did a media fast a few years ago, which was really good and really amazing. I I think it's a good idea, not, not to be legalistic, but it's a good idea to combine a food fast with like a media fast, if it's not anything that's edifying. Um, again, be healthy enough to know if, if your body can handle this. Know your own condition. And, and maybe don't just use excuses like, oh, I get a headache. Well, yeah, we all do, you know. <laughs> oh, I get so hungry, my stomach hurts. Yep, this is part of it. It's all part of it but you're dying to yourself so that God can be glorified in you. The first thing to do in preparation is really pray. Pray and and hear from the Lord concerning a fast. Second thing is prepare for the fast. One way you can physically prepare for the fast is to stop uh, drinking coffee or soda or whatever. Maybe cut back on the sugar because your body start to crave it. Prepare yourself physically for the fast. Third thing, believe God. Go into it expectantly, believing that God wants to do something significant like he promised. And also number four, start slowly. If you've never fasted in your life, and I'm assuming there's a lot of us here who have never fasted, just start with one meal. And just instead of taking that time to go and prepare your food and sit down and eat, just go spend time with the Lord. And you know, when Jesus says you don't do this for show, some people take this a little too far and they act like, oh, I can't tell anyone I'm fasting. Well, no, you don't want to advertise it. But there there might be certain people that you kind of need to tell. Like maybe if you're a prayer partner with someone, you can ask them, say, hey, I'm going to be going on a seven-day fast. Would you... Pray for strength for me. Pray that God would speak to me. Um, It's just not to to show off, okay? That's what Jesus was talking about. The fifth thing is drink a lot of water. What happens to our systems is that we're so trained and scheduled that at a certain time of the day, your body will start to secrete digestive juices because it's like, okay, I'm getting ready. Bring it on, and then if you don't eat it, or if you don't eat or you don't feel anything in your stomach, then your stomach will start to hurt, and it'll start to growl. So if you drink a ton of water, a lot of times what that will do is it will help flush you out. It will also get some of those digestive juices out of your system, out of your stomach, because then it'll happen again at like 12 o'clock. Then, oh, all of a sudden, your tummy hurts. And it's during that time that you get away and pray. The time that you would have taken to go to lunch, go to your car or go for a walk and pray. Fast and pray. Drink a ton of water because your body is going to be eliminating a lot of toxins depending on how long your fast is. I mean, if you go on an extensive fast, you actually have to shower more often because your body is emitting so many poisons that have been stored up in you. You have to get extra rest when you're fasting Make sure that you try to sleep as much as you can possibly or just that you, you know, aren't too hard on yourself physically. For some people who, who have jobs in construction or that you do a lot of physical labor, it might be a good idea to do like a Daniel fast or a modified fast. And the seventh thing, and definitely not, not a little thing, is break the fast gradually. You know, most people will fast And then the next, when they break it, they'll just gorge themselves. First of all, that's super unhealthy and it kind of defeats the purpose. And if you're doing it to lose weight, then your your metabolism is really slowed down. So your body's like, shut down production. We don't know when we're going to eat again. So that's when your body stores it, all this, and it turns into fat. Okay. That's just physically what happens. Okay. And then I want to just say this your attitude going into this fast, into whatever fast you believe that the Lord's calling you to, your attitude makes all the difference in the world. If you go into it going, oh, this is going to be so horrible. Yep, it will be. But if you go into it thinking, I am going to, I'm going to capture everything God has for me. I I want to receive every one of those blessings. I want to receive protection and increased influence and clarity and healing and revelation and protection. I want all those things from the Lord. So I want to ask you this question. You've heard what I said. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. When you fast you heard me right let me ask you this how desperate are you how desperate are you for freedom and direction and guidance and deliverance and healing and protection and clarity and deliverance how desperate are you are you desperate enough to skip a meal in order to pray? Or to skip food for a whole day and to devote that day to the Lord? Or three days? Or ten days? Are you willing to go 21 days just eating whole foods, fruits and vegetables? Are you desperate enough? Do you believe the Word of God? Do you believe that this is really what the word of God says? And do you believe that it's really true? Because I don't want you to walk out those doors and forget it. And the thing is, I, I never just want to stand up here and just bloviate. I, I pray every Sunday Every week I pray for you. I pray that God would give you a profound encounter with him and a life-changing experience. I pray for your hearts. I pray that your hearts would be open to receive the word of God and that you would get a revelation by the Holy Spirit. Because I don't, I don't want to waste time. I think Jesus is coming back really soon. And I want to be about his business, don't you? Can you stand with me? Actually, can you kneel with me, please? Can we humble ourselves before the Lord and pray? (sighs) Our Father in heaven, you are holy. Awesome is your name, God. You are seated on the throne in righteousness and majesty, and all your ways are just, all your ways are good, all your ways are perfect. All your ways are loving and faithful for those who keep the demand of your covenant. Father, we want to keep the demand of your covenant, Lord. We want to experience the rewards of fasting that you offer us, God. Lord, we want to humble ourselves before you. We want to fast, Lord, in a way that would bring you honor and glory. God, we ask you to strengthen us, God. Give us what we need. Lord, speak to us. Speak clearly to us, God. Show us how to fast. Show us what you're asking of us, Lord, so that we can connect with you more intimately and deeper, that we can go deeper with you, Lord. That is our desire, God. We want to go deeper with you. We want to experience all of what you have for us. We don't want to just listen to your word and then just ignore it and walk away. God, we want to do what it says. Show us show us Lord pour out your spirit in here Jesus bring your spirit of revelation and clarity and truth for your word is truth in Jesus name amen amen if you are a person who um you've never heard of this concept of biblical fasting. If you have never received the forgiveness that Jesus offers on the cross, you have never come into a relationship with him. I just want to ask you to either come up and talk with me after service or talk to the person who brought you today. Ask them the questions. Ask them about Jesus. Ask them what the gospel is. If you don't know how to answer it, come and talk to me. I'll share the gospel with you. Okay, can you guys stand? I want to I bless you. I want to pray over you. Lord, I just pray for these people that I love so much, God. And, and I pray for these people in the name of Jesus, God. Let them have grace and peace. Lord, let them, let them know you more deeply. And I pray for your spirit to rest upon each and every one in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. We'll see you guys next week. Go uh, have lunch with somebody or don't. (laughs) Love you all.